Hello, and welcome to episode 002 of Dr. Oblivious, a podcast idiot. I am your host, Brian Geller, DC, and today's guest is the prestigious, magnificent, spiritual soldier, Matt Meyer, massage therapist. Uh, today's episode, we talk about how he got started, how he built a business 20 years ago, and how he's been running this business ever since. Certifications, techniques, methods, uh, you know, kind of briefly touching on all of those, and how he became the massage therapist for not just one, but two professional Buffalo teams, the National Cross League Buffalo Bandits, as well as the NFL's Buffalo Bills. I'm sure you've heard of them. Uh, today's episode is also sponsored by the word, yeah, you'll hear that about uh, a couple dozen times throughout. I apologize, it's a little annoying, and I did my best to edit them out. Besides that, enjoy the episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're recording. Sweet, I'm drinking. All right. So today I've got Matt Meyer, LMT, CSCS, FRC. What else am I missing? Nah, just Matt Meyer now. There's too many. Just letters. Matt Meyer. Just too many letters. Now I'm going. I'm going to be like Prince. In like another couple of years, I'm just going to have a symbol after me as my name. Just Matt. The. You know, I used to we used to strive. It's funny that we strive for the, all these letters earlier on in our career, and then you get to a point where you're like, it means nothing. Yeah, I'm learning that quite a lot. Um, but we'll get to that. So I just want to start off with a little intro to Matt Meyer. Um, I'll say some nice things about you, and then you could follow up with some nice things about yourself. Uh, I've known Matt for a couple of years, uh, first as a massage therapist, then as a friend, and now I get to work with him with the Buffalo Bandits a couple times a season. Um, so it's pretty fun getting to work next to you and learning some things from you. Uh, Matt's introduced me to quite a bit of stuff on therapy, recovery, just a lot more than I think I knew uh, in school, but I'll let Matt kind of get to his credentials right now. So, yeah, tell me some things me. about you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, Brian. Um, yeah, basically, I, you know, like, started late in this field. I was always into, I was a lifelong martial artist. Um, I went to school for philosophy and world religion and then ran nightclub security here in New York, down in Florida. And uh, I uh, was, like, 28, woke up one morning, and I was like, nope done this lifestyle yeah. is you know fun but it's not going to be uh you know it's not fulfilling me so uh, i always wanted to be in like the medicine sports medicine field and i came back to new york and did some research checked out you know maybe going to pt school chiro school but i was old and it was going to be tons of money and I met this uh, therapist near his name Tom Tom Heil, and I met him t- kind of out of uh, uh, chance. Like physical and therapist. He was a he was a massage therapist, but not really. Yeah. And you know, my thing was I had met a couple massage therapists down in Florida. My roommate was in a bad car accident, and he was going you know Cairo PT massage and. The therapist actually came over our house one day for a treatment, and I was like, I'm going to stick around because I'm interested. And what I thought was massage therapy yeah. was not. Yeah. She was doing neuromuscular therapy. She was doing all these really cool things, and I was like, whoa. I was like, all right, this is cool. And he also, my roommate said, man, he's like, this is really what's helping me. 
So I was just like learning and I was like, wow, okay, what is this? Because I always thought massage therapy is, you know, yeah. the spa yeah, type of yeah. stuff, which I de- had really didn't want to have anything to, you know, to do with. So when I came back, I met uh, Tom by chance and he was, he was doing that. He was really looking at the biological, physiological processes of soft yeah. tissue and fascia really before. I mean, this is going back, this is uh, 99, 2000. This is like a whole new level. So he had a program called Release, Lengthen, and Strengthen. And mm-hmm. he was working with professional athletes. He was really doing what I wanted to do. And his that was really his philosophy was, you know, release the tissue, lengthen it, strengthen mm-hmm. it. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's it. So, you know, after tons more research, uh, enrolling in uh, a two-year medical massage program. Where'd you go? Uh, Trocare. Okay. And it was the first program where they really had, they wanted to align themselves with like the New York Chiropractic College, uh, Roswell Park. And it was um, really to get people into that field. And yeah, it was a great program. Uh, Tom actually came on as an instructor Mm -hmm. for a semester. So I got to work under him and he kind of taught us what he wanted. And then after I graduated, I kind of just worked under him for about two years. And um, the strengthened part was the part where he really wasn't doing a lot. And he was using physical therapists, you know, and other people to do it. And I thought, you know, this is a really great way to kind of culminate the whole therapy under one. And then it just evolved. You know, I maxed out my student loans, um, going to certifications, you know, and like traveling around and working with people I could. Met some amazing physical therapists in the area. And... um, yeah, it's... but we'll get to all that. Yeah, I was. Um, that's one thing that I've always noticed about you is that you have more experience with seminars and lectures and certs than definitely most massage therapists I know, but probably most people in this physical medicine field that I know. You've got more certs and yeah, education and seminars, so it's pretty cool. But we'll get to that. Um, so you graduate what year? Graduated in two thousand two from massage therapy. School. Okay, then what? Then I opened up a practice in a gym. So, you know, being a gym head, um, you know, I had also at the same time I started doing strength conditioning. And the interesting thing was just because I had a little bit of knowledge in the field, I mean, little, I was Mm -hmm. a massage therapy student, you know, and I would get all the, all the people that walked in the gym, they'd be like, oh yeah, go see Matt. So I had to figure out really quick, all right, I need to be able to, if I'm going to have a viable business, I need to be able to help these people. And that's when I really figured out two things. I need to get help and I don't know shit. Yeah. Can you curse on this? Yeah, you can curse. Oh, awesome. Say whatever you want. <laughs> so that was two realizations like, wow, I cannot pretend to be a physical yeah. therapist, a chiropractor, because the body's so complex. Yeah. Uh, but it gave me a lot of motivation to go out and seek out people that I could align myself with. Okay, so you open up your own place. Yeah, inside of uh, Gold's Gym in Williamsville. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just started. That's where you've been almost 20 years. I have. There was a couple little hiatuses. Yeah. I had an office with a couple of chiropractors and took a little break. And that was, the gym is really, for me, the setting. Because right from the bat, you know, most of my sessions would have some type of a movement component mm-hmm. to it. Uh, you know, we would address some soft tissue stuff. Yeah. And that's where my passion really was. Now... 
when did you start working that into your practice instead of just straight massage? Because you have such a fantastic niche. I never did. Yeah. And I'll tell you, at first, it was challenging because mm-hmm. nobody knew what I did. And I had jobs working in, you know, some local spas and things, yeah. making money. And it was, you know, so it was a struggle for a couple of years yeah. because I didn't want to spend my time doing something that mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to do. So it was a very rough start. I yeah. had a very patient wife, that uh, yeah. girlfriend at the time that supported it. Um, but yeah, it all, you know, finally evolved. So what was your first year like out of practice or I guess into practice? It was great in the fact that I was like doing what I wanted to do, but I made no money. Um, so that was a challenge. Yeah. But I was, you know, a lot, I was working with uh, under Tom, just literally just shadowing him mm-hmm. going he had no office at the time, going house to house and just taking, soaking it up and then starting to figure out, all right, this is what I want to do. How can I evolve it? Yeah. So I tried to just get my hands on as many people as I can and do a ton of networking. Mm-hmm. That was also really What was important. networking like in 2002? It was I mean, a challenge. Yeah. There's no social media. No, there was, and it was a challenge because in 2002 in Buffalo, there were, a, there was not integration. There was your chiropractic office. Mm-hmm. There was your doctor's office, your PT office. And that's a- uh, I had an opportunity to go, probably one of my first seminars I ever did as a massage therapist. I was a student and one of my mentors that was out in California mm-hmm. said, you need to go to Toronto to this, uh, this conference. It's yeah. called Swiss. Yeah. And it was the Society of Weight Training and Injury Specialists. So I'm a student. It was like 99 bucks. I drove up to Toronto, had no idea what was going From on. From Kelly? Um, he, my mentor had oh, he was, moved to okay. Cali and he kind of told me, yeah. he's like, you need to go to this. And he, he was from Buffalo originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go up to Toronto and I go into this, you know, conference and it's like. Big names. It was amazing. Yeah. It was, uh, Dr. Leahy was there. Like when ERT first started, yeah. I don't even think, I don't even know if he even coined the term ERT, uh, Dr. Scappatici. Yeah. A bunch of people. And I actually went with a bunch of chiropractic students that I was friends with from NYCC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Prebeg was one. Mm-hmm. Now is, uh, you know, has a really successful practice in Toronto. So I get to the seminar and I'm seeing, you know, everybody's got their name tags on. Yeah. It was this amazing integration of sports medicine professionals. There was no egos. If you were a massage therapist, strength coach, mm-hmm. a PT, a chiropractor, they were all like working together. Yeah. And I left there, I was just like, wow, this is what it needs to yeah. be. Like, when I get back to Buffalo, I'm like looking around, I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah, there's nothing around. Last year's uh, roster at Swiss was huge. He's he's done uh, a bunch of them. Yeah. That's an amazing conference. It really is. I mean, he gets great people on it. Um, and I use that as kind of my base, like, all right, I need to build like this team. Mm-hmm. And I just started kind of knocking on doors mm-hmm. and introducing myself, getting a lot of doors slammed in my face, uh, you know, but finally started to chip away. Yeah. <laughs> so you worked with Paul Check. I did. I, you know, Paul was one of the um, kind of inspirational uh, people in my life that I got his, one of his first books I was introduced to him probably around the same time um, in massage therapy school. And he just took an approach to health, holistic health, that I'd never seen before. Yeah. He really looked at the mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And he was also a sports massage therapist. 
you know, strength coach in yeah. California. And I was like, he was doing kind of what I wanted to do. Obviously he was on a much bigger scale. Uh, but some of Paul's work and I did, a you know, some of his courses and things. And it was really, it was, a the, the it laid the groundwork, uh, in what I did. And there's always some check stuff mm-hmm. that I'm doing. Yeah. You know, what does that entail? Cause I, I know nothing about the check system, check method. It is a, uh, it stands for a corrective holistic exercise kinesiology. And, and it also happens to be his last name. It is. Yeah. It is. And Pretty convenient. it really comes down to assessing the body, um, looking at things like nutrition, looking at sleep, looking at all your habits, looking at your, uh, even your mental state, you know, mm-hmm. thoughts and words. Yeah. And he called those the six modifiable factors. Okay. So you have, you know, exercise, you have nutrition, you have sleep, you have hydration, uh, you have you know, the, the mindful part, like mm-hmm. what can you change in your mind? And what he really thought was if you can make all those pieces better, mm-hmm. it's all things that you can modify. Yeah. The biopsychosocial model. Yeah. Right and there. you can make changes. So, um, very cool. Like we, you know, and Paul living in California and working with all these different, uh, you know, athletes yeah. and these doctors, he knew that there was work they needed to be done. But in the medical setting, you know, if you say chakra, mm-hmm. you're going to be, they're going to be like, what? Yeah. So, you know, he developed these zone exercises, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And basically they were exercises for balancing those pieces in the body that yeah. we would call like the chakra. But under a different name. Exactly. Yeah. So he pulled from ancient wisdom mm-hmm. to modern day wisdom. Yeah. And I thought that I was just like, yeah. Which I know you're a big fan of that ancient kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, you know, we have to learn what we can learn yeah. from it and then extract. Is there anything that you take away or like any methods, techniques? You know, I'm that? becoming less and less of a method man mm-hmm. good rapper too yeah um and it's one of those things i think the more i learn the uh-huh. more i realize i don't know yeah and by sticking to any specific method i feel like i've trapped myself and now you know you know this you're in a field it's yeah like, it's, it's bad if you call grasped and you know mm-hmm. a tool people get offended or you know you call myofascial release yeah. art and mobility training is this Personally, I'm just like, I just want to learn. Yeah. Sometimes, and, sometimes I get so like, uh, so fucking anxious about the new technique. Oh, it's crazy. And then, um, somebody like, you know, like, uh, Andrew Espino with FRC comes out, which nothing against him and his, uh, you know, methods, but I see all these people on Instagram posting it and I'm just like, shit, I don't know that stuff. Is that bad? Like, are my patients never going to get better now? Cause I don't know, you know, to do an internal release or uh, internal rotation. 90-90 shin box well, here's the, every here, day. But listen to this, though. The fact that you're concerned that you don't know yeah. that is already half the battle yeah. because you're aware of it. I mean, so many practitioners yeah. I've met, they are so bound up in themselves mm-hmm. and what they do and being afraid of another technique or yeah. someone. And I think right off the bat, that's just going to set you up for Yeah. Failure. I like I can't sit still when all these things keep popping up and I'm like, shit, I really should look more into this and then at the end of the day i realize everything is just just trying to make your patient better it is and, and I, it all, yeah you know i don't think the title matters or anything it's just the more tools you have yeah. that you can provide them with yeah. that's just going to make the that's going to make the outcome better. and how many of these techniques are literally just copies of a previous one absolutely. you know what i mean absolutely so yeah. i know frc took a lot from z health back in like mid 2000s where mm. it's just Chiropractor just doing end range yep. uh, joint loading, and that was it. And it's similar. Yeah, I'm just like, shit, I've seen this before. And it's, I mean, yeah. I think that um, they did a good job because 
they, they were able to maybe take something and expound on Yeah, it. they have a cult following. Yeah, and I've worked with Andrea before, and I mean, mm-hmm. he's the he's the guy that he'll make fun of himself, yeah. too. Like, he doesn't take it too seriously. For being so dogmatic. Yeah, and he knows. Yeah. I mean, um, he's also done a really good job. I mean, he's never... He's never thrown anybody personally under yeah. the bus, but maybe he'll dig at their system a little bit and things, um, which I thought was really funny, <laughs> but also it was still classy, yeah. you know, because people, I mean, I'm sure when you're in the social, you know, the eye like that, especially mm-hmm. in the sports, med- the medicine world, I mean, a quick rant, the thing that's really aggravating mm-hmm. me right now is this is what I want to hear. The Bosu Balsh. Okay. Okay. Oh, David Weck. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Here's the deal. <laughs> in, listen close, people. Listen close. Who fucking cares if you're using a BOSU ball? I, I I have all the people spending time yeah. like blowing up David and the BOSU ball. It is a tool. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, they are like angry yeah. and sending there's like this big war going on. I can't watch either now because yeah. of it. And it, he's a brilliant guy. Yeah. I mean he's absolutely crazy. People will, you know, they can abuse a spatula. Yeah. You know, I've, I've used BOSUs for a long time. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say they're a cornerstone in mm-hmm. my practice. They're yeah. fun. Uh, you know, they are neurologically challenging. Yeah. Uh, but people chill out. As he called it, uh, stable instability. Yeah. Something like I that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't keep up because it doesn't, that doesn't interest me. I would never use that with my patients. I wouldn't use it for myself. But yeah. I just love listening to him just yell. And it's just crazy. Yeah. And they're just fueling the fire. But yeah. I just look around. There's way more. Yeah. Way more things that we should be concerned about. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think that's that's one thing. Like in the industry, people just spend so much time on like negative stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just work on yourself. Work yeah. on making your patients and clients better. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think people definitely do get caught up in all these things. Or then sometimes people will only stick to one, uh, like one method, one technique. I know... Um, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I just got a patient. She came from a, a PT. She went in with knee pain, and all he did with her was a PRI, the Postural Rehab. Oh, yes. Or, yes. Yeah, Postural yep. Rehab Institute. Yep. And um, they didn't address her knee. And then she came in, and we took a look at her hip and ankle and knee. Um, and I was like, I don't know why you were yeah. prescribed those exercises. And it's because you get certified in something that's that's what you're going to stick with. And That's, I think... You get both. You get both ends. Yeah. You know, in the in the physical therapy world, I'm sure everywhere, but I get people that come in, and I, you know, I do a lot of post rehab mm-hmm. work with people. So people finish their PT, and they're like not ready to go back yeah. to maintain their their humanness yet, mm-hmm. whether it be you know a professional athlete or a you know a housewife that yeah. you know is in charge of four kids, which is like a sport and a job and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like they had an injury, and you know all the clinic did was you know, ice, stim, and heat. Yeah. You know, and a little stress. You see that all the time in chiropractic, too. Yeah. And then you get the other end sometimes where it's like, well, the person only did ART yeah. to this area. And both are not really doing their job. They're not looking at the entire body. Right. You know, so things like PRI and stuff are great, but there has to be some other things mm-hmm. that go along first. Yeah. And at the end of the day, your patient is your really your client that is going to your business. And even if you you need to look at that too, Mm -hmm. even just from a business model, it's like, what, what can you, what's all you can give each client 
or patient that comes through. Yes. Like what makes you different than the person down yeah. the block? Yep. And, um, I, um, I spoke with Greg Shapiro of OPC. He's a Cairo. Yeah. Out in Williamsville. I spoke with him two years ago before I graduated. Um, and the first thing he taught me, he's like, you're about to graduate. He's like, what makes you different from everybody else? He's like, you have two schools graduating. You do Ville and NYCC at the same time. So you got a couple hundred kids. He's like, the majority of them are coming up here to Erie County mm. in Western New York. He's like, how do you separate yourself from that pack? What makes you different? He's like, you're all chiropractors. Y'all have the same yep. name, same degree. He's like, but what can you do to separate yourself from them? So you don't look like the schmuck down yeah. the road. Yep. And then, uh, his first introduction to me was, uh, he's like, I, I just want to let you know right off the bat, I hate chiropractors. He's like, I hate. It sounds like somebody else we know. Me? Yeah. I feel like every good chiropractor that I can look up to, they all say, I hate other chiropractors. Because we've used their title for such a long time to sell so much bullshit. Well, then it's part of your job. Too. Yeah. I mean, there's a terrible connotations in massage therapy field, the, you know, personal training field, which usually I tell trainers that you're coaches. Mm-hmm. You're not training animals. Yeah. That's what trainers do. I see a lot of shitty coaches out there, too. Oh, tons, tons. It was, uh, we were at the gym this morning, and he's like an old school uh, Ollie lifter, weightlifter, and uh, he brings in his client. The kid was wearing a belt through the doors, like on his way into the gym. He already had his weight belt on, mm-hmm. like strapped real tight. Uh, had to tie his shoes with a belt on. No warm up, nothing. Wow. And uh, just started. Uh, what was he doing? Just started having pressing and then front squatting. Ankles collapsing. No form, nothing. And he just kept kind of just like, come on. He's like, really put you know put yourself into it. I'm like, dude, you're going to fucking kill this kid. And the coach was all crooked. He had, like, terrible scoliosis. And he just kept yelling at the kid. He's like, you got to shrug a little more. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if shrugging's his problem. Well, I can speak from experience. Having my office inside a big, yeah. big health club. And I got into the habit of being what I call a movement Nazi. Mm-hmm. And I would be angry and I would, you know, kind of throw people under the bus and finally you know maybe a half you know five or six years ago i just i started i was like what this is really what why am i getting angry i said you know what i need to give people i would see people doing all these exercises and then i'm like all right first off is it hurting them Mm, probably not is it not the best choice we don't know yeah we don't we don't know yeah is it like are they in are they in danger of their lives right yeah. there? And I made a deal with myself that I was going to kind of stop like being so critical. Yeah. I've literally seen trainers, coaches uh, that weren't working at uh, where my gym is mm-hmm. go up to clients of other, you know, trainers yeah. and literally like reprimand them. Yeah. And I'm just like, what are you doing? And don't, it you, usually, don't you want to do that so bad sometimes? I did, but you know what? It was ego. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was me caring. It was really my was ego. ego. And I was yeah. like, I know more than that person. Yeah. Oh, that so, feels so fucking good sometimes. Too. I gave, I, I kind of gave that up. And, you know, it's just, again, it's like, try to keep it always positive. Yeah. And, uh, it, and I was like, yeah, somebody's doing a setup. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. okay. Doesn't it feel like such a curse too sometimes where you oh. just know? Sometimes I don't want to say too much, but well, yeah, I mean, much. you see it um, where it gets challenging. Sometimes I would say two, two arenas is one, 
<clears throat> if I see a, <clears throat> you know, like a patient that is maybe I know they were injured and I yeah. see them doing something or on the other end of it, if I'm seeing a, like a professional athlete go through something mm-hmm. and I'm just like, whoa, yeah, that's, that shouldn't, that <laughs> which doesn't happen happening. a lot, but every once in a while. But then even there, I think, all right, what's the context? Okay. Because maybe I don't know the context. Yeah. See, man, when you're old like me, <laughs> you'll be able to start really retrospecting. Yeah. You know, but I mean, that was, I mean, I'm, I just, three, I'm three surgeries in. I have I a little. Just, I mean, I just felt like, <laughs> what what am I doing by, you know, yeah. by really like harboring this, uh, you know, kind just of manifesting this, these thoughts. Yeah, yeah, this thing. And it's it's actually helped quite a bit. Why but can't our, Why can't more people do that then? Well, it's, you got to like pretty much admit that you're being a, a, yeah. you're a dick. I mean, that's that's really what it is. Try to be less of a dick. That's it. That's like my, that's take my it. mantra for the okay. next 10 years. Be less of a dick. All right. Because I got it, it in yeah. me. <laughs> All right. So we're a couple years into practice now. How are things going now? Say five years? Five years in, um, starts picking up and I start, uh, you know, slowly picking up. Can you call it a success or not yet? No. Okay. Not, not yet. Not yet. Still finding the way. Um, I started actually, I went back and started teaching at, uh, at Trocare mm-hmm. at the college. Which was really cool because I like teaching and I was able to um, actually develop a few courses. Okay. Which is pretty neat. So I started teaching uh, in my practice. I had a little stint where I moved away from a gym setting and yeah. was working with uh, a couple chiropractors. Okay. Uh, and it was good and it was a couple years, but I quickly realized that I needed to be in a gym mm-hmm. or, or some type of a setting. Yeah. Um, I had spent time at physical, some local physical therapy clinics, mm-hmm. like just literally volunteering and shadowing. Yeah. And I had one physical therapist, um, uh, Walt Brown, who was the head physical therapist at Buffalo Spine and Sport. Yeah. Walter was one of the first guys that was like, not, who are you? What do you do? Yeah. Which I had that a lot. Yeah. In, in the, that in a the lot now. Medicine, PT, DCs. <laughs> and he, Walt was one of the first guys that was like, what you're doing mm-hmm. is actually really important. And we need a place to be able to send yeah. our patients because the physical therapy model, it's an insurance model. Mm-hmm. It's not based on how well you are. It's yeah. based on, can you just function? So you take somebody that was a hot, you know, had a really high vigor for life. Mm-hmm. They get in a car accident. They go through PT. They didn't get them back to their pre-accident status. Yeah. They got them back to, can I function Just and work? A new, a new baseline. That's it. So Walt was really kind. The doctors at the practice kind of took me under their little wing and let me come to some of their, you know, hands-on meetings. Yeah. They invited me to some of the conferences awesome. uh, to attend for free because I couldn't, you know, it was tough yeah. to, yeah. it was tough to afford. And I just spent time in that model and the... The respect you get mm-hmm. is pretty cool because it wasn't like, you know, it was like, hey, man, what can you add? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I have something to add. So that was that was amazing. And that really started opening up some channels of, like, referrals. Yeah. And people would come and say, hey, you know, I got referred by this doctor. And it, I, at the time, man, it was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is awesome. And the thing I made sure is that the communication was open. Yeah. You know, I would communicate with the doctor. 
doctors mm-hmm. and with the PTs. And I think it also that helped me build some confidence yeah. working in the medical field that I just wasn't afraid. You know, and I have patients come in and say, I really hate this doctor, mm-hmm. but they ref- they referred you. Yeah. And now I have to be like, oh, man, I'm going to have to like I gotta talk to this guy. And uh, that's really how it kind of evolved. Yeah. Yeah, I get that a lot. A lot of people come to me and they absolutely loathe their primary or the referring doc. Yeah. And then you have to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. But people trust us a lot more than some medical doctors, I'm sure. Well, again, that's that's when you have to say, at least I got the referral. Yeah. You know, and that was important. Yeah. Um, so what were some downsides having your practice at this point? Well, the downsides was, all right, I'm, you know, 30, early 30s mm-hmm. now, and life is changing. You know, I'm going to yeah. have others, you know, I'm married. I'm going to have others that need to... Um, you know, kind of count on me. So yeah. it was very tough to have to figure out what, you know, one week could be an amazing week. The next week, you never know. And when yeah. you're just, when you're really working by appointment um, and still trying to learn and spend a lot of mm-hmm. money on certifications, which I, which I was, that was one reason why the teaching helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teaching helped because I was able to still stay in my field work, but mm-hmm. then start earning some extra income. Yeah. Were you um, earning as an LMT at the time? Oh man, I don't was even it, know. Was it even enough to survive? It was. Um, it would depend. Yeah. You know, it it incrementally Every week got was different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it incrementally would work up, and you know, I was still spending a lot of time volunteering too. Mm-hmm. I would show up at um, different uh, volunteer events, races, mm-hmm. and stuff, and just volunteer my time. Yeah, just trying to build up. Now we've done a couple races, and I've gotten. Out of the several hundred people that we got to see, three people? Nope. You get none. You get none. Uh, there was a Brian Mormon uh, triathlon down, downtown, and yeah. I heard about it. Um, this is, like I said, probably, probably 10 years ago. Yeah. I heard about it on the radio, and I, mem- I still remember I used this in school as, a, um, as kind of a teaching event. I had gone and I just called up the foundation mm-hmm. and I and I said, Hey, you know, my name's Matt Meyer, blah, 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 blah. Would I like, you know, could I volunteer at the race? Mm-hmm. Just set up a tent and just do some, you know, therapy stuff. So they said, yeah. So I went down there and really my sole goal was, was to like meet somebody from like the bill staff. Cause yeah. it was like a Brian Moran event and just be like, all right, this is it. So yeah. I went down there the only problem is I don't really watch sports. Yeah. So I have I no, about that I have no idea who anybody is. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I absolutely adore talking to you is because you don't know the fucking first thing about any sport. It's no. amazing. And I love that because I don't know anything either. Yeah. And not I think a, I know more than you. Not a spectator. You do. Yeah. You do. Not a spectator. <laughs> so that kind of started like my, I was like, all right. Yeah. This is, I need to start building a way to kind of. Mm-hmm wedge into professional teams Mm -hmm. yeah and then you get nothing out of it right it took a long time yeah it took a long time a lot of letters um the bandits were the was the first opportunity when did you start with the bandits 2008 oh wow 2008 yeah how'd you get into that total chance Mm -hmm. i was at spot coffee on delaware saturday afternoon standing in line and I see uh, somebody from the bandit staff mm-hmm. sitting at a table and she's got a big file and just like she's doing notes. Mm-hmm. And I see her 
and it's jacket. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting in line waiting for a coffee and I'm like looking back and I'm like, I should probably introduce myself. Mm-hmm. And a, another mentor said, always have a card on you because yeah. you never know. And I did. And, and I'm like, nah, whatever. Got the coffee and I'm ready to walk by. I'm like, ah, you know what? Fuck, Fuck it. it. Yeah. So I introduced myself and gave her my card and she was super receptive and she was like, oh, you know, we've, we've had a few other therapists mm-hmm. that have been there, but you know, a couple more strange and, you know, mm-hmm. one person, I it just, you know, I could tell very quickly what I wanted to do and yeah. what they had had experienced before was not a lot. So I gave her my card. She said, thank me, you know, and she thanked me and she said, I'll be in touch, which I was always like, all right, whatever. Yeah, Went out, yeah. had my coffee. And then a week later I got a call um, from her and the GM of the team. And they said, you know, hey, we're looking for a therapist to join in, but they have to be, you know, the right mm-hmm. the right fit. They have to be able to work within this medical environment. Um, and I want you to meet with, you know, our head medical person, work on them, and then we'll make the decision. Yeah. Oh, and uh, it's not going to pay anything. Yeah. So, again, I was like, okay. So, uh, the head medical person and I, we hit it off really good, mm-hmm. and they invited me on to uh on a very small role just come in like mornings of games Mm -hmm. that is how it started and work with the guys Uh, and pretty quick i got in there and i was just like yeah this is cool yeah i was like i really like this um the atc athletic trainer the chiropractor were all super like supportive yeah it wasn't like, hey, this guy's over here. Was Sherry the Cairo at the time? Yeah. yeah. And she's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. She really, like, is such a smart, uh, smart lady. You know, always was, like, there to help teach, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Like, she took a lot of teaching moments and uh, always just respected what I did, which is, pr- which is pretty neat. Yeah. So, every year, you know, the first couple years, it was still, like... And they put my name up on, like, the big board. Oh, it feels good. Right? So yeah. I'm like... We just finally got our... Well, I finally got my name on the front of the building. Oh, nice. Well, in front of the nice. office. I'll well, this is, in, this, was in, in, <laughs> this is in lieu of being paid. Yeah. So one time every game, there would be my, you know, all my stuff up. Yeah. And there's, like, you know, 15,000 people feels good never one <laughs> yeah <laughs> 15 and uh it was it was funny because the first uh my dad before he passed away he made yeah. it to a couple games and like that comes on and he was just like whoa yeah <laughs> that big screen that's awesome. so when i first started i mean i didn't i sat up watching the game mm-hmm. you know i was there on a on a really small level but it quickly you know kind of spiraled and grew now so you were with them when they became world champs right that was my first year Whew. First year, yeah. A lot of pressure. Got the ring. Got the yeah. ring. It was uh, it was pretty cool. I would say the only thing that was uh, interesting in hindsight, I had had a um, seminar scheduled mm-hmm. for late spring. Um, in it was uh, going to be traveling and studying with uh, Upledger doing craniosacral therapy okay. level one. Not only was I taking a seminar, I was actually using that because I was getting another degree in. Um, health and science mm-hmm. at the time and i was using it actually as some credits for the program it was okay. a self-study program through empire state college yeah and sure enough they win the championship and the home championship game is on the second day of the seminar yeah and uh i had decided not to attend the game 
and go to the seminar, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't take a lot of flack for, you know, and, you know, I wasn't getting paid, but, uh, it was tough. I did. I missed that championship game. Yeah. I got the ring. Who I got all, beat? I got all swag. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but it was amazing. I mean, I bet. Yeah. I mean, sold out. Uh, we had a, we had a, a lot of fun. We had a big party after mm-hmm. at, uh, downtown and stuff. So going back, I don't know if I would change that decision mm-hmm. because that work really also kind of fueled some other things I do in my practice. Yeah. So, and I still got the ring. Yeah. So now how many rings do you have with the band? One just ring. That one? one ring. Okay. But lots of good times. Yeah. Lots of great stories that I'll have to wait till I'm retired to yeah. talk about. Yeah. That's and, fine. And uh, it's still going strong. But, um, okay. I know, uh, I don't know if we could talk about this, but they're not allowed in Rochester. Can we just leave it at that? Well, there maybe a certain establishment. <laughs> yeah, a certain a certain establishment. Boys get a little. Uh, yeah, you know, this is. I, I will say though, it, this is back in the day. This is like. Yeah. It was probably like comparing like you know. We could NH- always edit that one. NH- NHL <laughs> NHL hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, it was just a different uh, time. The league is its own. Unless you're in it, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to know. Like yeah. it's 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 such a crazy league and and people because. The league is nation, it's all over North yeah. America, but 90% of the players all come from, like, Ontario. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> it's so, I mean, I don't, just like you, I really don't give a shit about sports, but going to those Bandits games are just the absolute best, I mean, that environment, the crowd. And now, you know, having the privilege of working at the Bandits games a couple times a year is just fucking fun. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. man. People that don't go to games and finally go, they're mm-hmm. just like... Wow. I hated lacrosse growing up because it was always kind of a like a frat boy sport in New York City. Oh yeah, and yeah. And uh, I moved up here ten years ago, and I was just like, I don't want to watch lacrosse. It's like it's such a stupid fucking sport. And then a couple of years ago, I had the privilege of working as an AT for a lacrosse team on the res for a summer, um, and that was just a different world, man. It's their lives. These people well, are getting paid. They're driving is. from all over yep. Ontario yep. and. Just to play a game on a Friday, Saturday night for maybe a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, bo- and box across is yeah. way different too. That's oh, I love it. Where people don't, you know, I I was a soccer player. Yeah. So when when indoor soccer came about, we went indoor, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this is like now we can get nasty. Yeah. And then summertime was you know outdoor, and that was just totally different game. Yeah. And same thing with lacrosse. You know, I think outdoor lacrosse is, I think indoor lacrosse, box across is like the. Is it kind of like the crazy uncle oh, that so only comes around on holidays? Yeah, they that beat you the shit out of each other. Kind of want to invite him to. No teeth. Right. It's it's no different than hockey, no. honestly. And I don't like. I have a lot of friends that love hockey, but will refuse to watch box leagues. Um, yeah. Across and like it's it's no different. Yeah. It's, they just hit it, harder. It's primal. I mean, yeah. the off stick checking yep. is just crazy. Yeah. A lot of hockey players uh, in the Canada mm-hmm. lacrosse is their summer sport. Yeah. So it's how they stay healthy, and we've even had like being I don't done know if it. I call that healthy, but well, it's better exactly. than sitting around. More from condition, yeah, condition. Yeah, yeah. The we've had tons of uh, Buffalo Sabers that will come down and watch our practices, mm-hmm. and we would talk with them, and they're like, "Yeah, we love lacrosse," and a lot of them got dual uh, chances to play That's lacrosse awesome. or hockey. And they're yeah. like, "Well, you know, I really love lacrosse, but yeah. it doesn't pay me three million dollars a year." sucks so i, I mean uh, it's pretty it, cool yeah the nll is expanding right they're getting it bigger. is it is it's getting bigger I, you know in a way it's funny because i think that professional athletes i think the way they do it with lacrosse is yeah. how they should all be yeah 
Sorry if anybody professional athletes are listening. But Nobody's listening I mean, to this one. Listen, that's right. <laughs> Maybe in like episode 183. Yeah. But the athlete, I think just the ridiculous amounts of money. Mm-hmm. You know, the lacrosse guys, they are making, you know, a living wage. If, if, yeah. if that, uh, they, sh- they come on weekends, they show up. They're signing autographs. Yeah. They're flying around. I mean, they're having their pictures taken. All of a sudden, it's Monday, and they're like back, and they're like laying yep. concrete. Yep, working their nine to five. But isn't that? A, I think to me, that's amazing. I mean, that's sh- that's how sports used to be, right? Yeah, they show up with the yeah. with the vigor of anybody else. Fuck. Yeah. So that's what I. That's what another thing is too. It's like man. Yeah. It's like when I'm walking out the door there, and it's like eleven thirty mm-hmm. in the game night, and one of the players kind of grabs me and says, "Oh man, can you just like check mm-hmm. on my elbow?" You know, if it was another setting, I might be like, what the fuck? Dude? Yeah. Like, don't they have anything better to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, But here I'm always like, ah, all right, dude, I'm going to help you. Because he's going to go back and, like, drive, like, yeah. railroad, you know, stakes <laughs> into <laughs> we, a train, into a, you yeah. know, a train station, into his job. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. We had one guy that I was working, uh, when I was working at the uh, Pinewood Smoke, the team on the res, um, Drew Candy. You may remember him. He was a former bandit. Oh, it sounds. It might have been pre my time, but the name Maybe, does sound yeah. familiar. Really, really tall dude. He used to drive five hours just to play on wow. Saturday night, and then sometimes we'd have a Saturday Sunday. These and he guys was driving are so. Every day these guys are hours. so dedicated, man, mm-hmm. and it's such a fun sport. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm really blessed because pretty much everything I do when I wake up, mm-hmm. I'm like, I love what I do. Yeah. You know, there's days that are tiring, but I cannot <laughs> imagine being in a job where you like hate to go mm-hmm. or even are just like eh, it's a job yeah it's a job it pays yeah, when yeah. did that feeling when the did feeling that was always there yeah but then once i was able things started clicking and i was able to like start building income mm-hmm. and to me to me there's a direct correlation the more you know the more people i help mm-hmm. that's i'm going to be rewarded with the money. Yeah. The money is not my purpose. It's sport, secondary. You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's secondary. Yeah. And I think there's a direct relation. You but know? it feels good. It is. Yeah. It's like, help people, it'll be there. And early on, it's easy for me to say now, yeah. but, you know, now it's on, it's on autopilot mm-hmm. where, you know, I don't have to advertise a lot. Um, yeah. I can make my own schedule. Um, I'm a little more picky, but it's mm-hmm. like every... There's not at least a couple days a week I come home and I'm just like, I still get the chills. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I was able to help somebody. That's awesome. Like, yeah. that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, you definitely do more than probably the majority of massage therapists I know. You know, and you don't work in a clinical setting. You're not in a hospital and yet you still, yeah. I mean, just get all these people coming to you. It's, it's, it's I mean, to the point where you're, you can turn them down if you want to, right? I can. I can be selective. Um, I mean, that's something I try not to do. Yeah. But, depending on the time of the year and like what sports are going on, yeah. I have more time to take in. So it's, it's cool. It's a good, it's a good, it's good to be able to have that feeling. Um, but I don't want to take a, advantage of it. Yeah. So now you've been with the bandits for a couple of years. When did you get in with the bills? The bills started about five years ago and every spring I would go onto the bills website mm-hmm. and even actually before the bandits started, and I would look up who the athletic trainers were, who the strength coaches mm-hmm. were, and I would write letters. And then I would call the stadium. Yeah. And I would like pretend that I was like a vendor <laughs> and I would try to like get a hold yeah. because getting a hold of somebody is it's challenging. Impossible. Yeah. 
So I remember one year, I think it was maybe like the first year after the bandits. And I said, I finally like lied and said it was a vendor. And I got like somebody from, uh, who's like the head strength coach mm-hmm. at the time. And I give him my quick 30 second elevator spiel. Yeah. And then he starts like quizzing me on like trigger points. And I'm like, dude. Do you remember who it was? I do, but I remember okay. not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he was just being protected. Yeah. 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 But, uh, he was like quizzing me on like Janet Travell's trigger points and yeah. stuff. And I'm like, um, all right. I'm like, you know what I do, right? I was like, this is, this is I, we can talk yeah. about this all day. And he, you know, kind of gave me the, well, I'll be in touch later. Never yeah. Happened. So, uh, that's when I started, all right, I need to leverage. So how can I leverage myself? So I started volunteering for, you know, the, anything to do with the bills. Yeah. I started volunteering for. Um, and then meanwhile, as the bandits were ramping up the, the orthopedics from UB, mm-hmm. um, we'd been working together now for some years and we just started to have a relationship yeah. and they would start referring people to me actually like orthopedic surgeons, yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. And they would literally say, Meyer, we have no idea what you do, mm-hmm. but it works. Yeah. And I'd be like. Okay. That's how I feel about Dan Domingo's <laughs> the acupuncturist. I don't know what the fuck he does, but it works. Yeah, it's like magic. I'll have him on here soon. It's magic. Yeah, it is. Um, so that was that was a, a big piece in. And uh, when they were building their Orchard Park mm-hmm. office, um, the head orthopedic put me in, tr- in touch with his head physical therapist mm-hmm. and was like, hey, you guys got to meet. You're on that same – you're kind of on that same path as like you like – the movement piece, yeah, the integration yeah. piece. So uh, I got to hook up with with Brian, who was the director there, Deluca. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, he was a strength. He he always said something that was pretty funny, which I'm sure has been around as well. He's like, I want my all my PTs to think like strength coaches. Yeah, because the loading piece of rehab is so important. Yeah, which That's we could probably talk miss. about in a more yeah. scientific, uh, you know, future, but. So Brian was like, man, we got this amazing open concept place, you know, gym, turf. Yeah. So I actually uh, got hired by UB Ortho mm-hmm. to kind of help them develop some of their uh, post-therapy type yeah. of things, provide soft tissue therapy. Uh, we did some nice work with some local uh, um, high school athletes mm-hmm. and Buffalo Lacrosse uh, Academy and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, did some good workshops and about a year and a half doing that, um, the, which is about six years ago, I was at Wegmans typing up my letters. Yeah. I'm on my, you know, I even figured out a way to figure out what their email addresses were. Yeah. So I send a bunch of letters out to the bills. Now I'm like seven years in. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just like laughing and send them off. And then a couple weeks later, I'm, you know, driving, phone rings, you know, see Orchard Park number and pick up the phone and I hear this like guy with this little bit of a southern accent talks real fast. He's like, Emmett, this is uh, Greg over there, the Buffalo Bills. He's like, I don't, we got your uh, resume. I don't know what all this shit is on here. It's like four pages long, but we need somebody. Yeah. We need somebody to help us with these guys. These guys are monsters. These guys are beasts. So he's like, do you want to come over? And start working. And I'm like, oh, I'm like yeah. driving off the side of the road. I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And then like hangs up. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have your number. Did they have massage like at the time? And no? I was like, pardon? Did they have massage at the time or no? Well, they did, but it was, it was, it was kind of, 
it was gray. Yeah. You know, there were some people they used. Uh, the problem is in the field is that a lot of them, a lot of the therapists, mm-hmm. they have a hard, they're very like quirky yeah. and they have a hard time like building relationships. Yeah. So I think they wanted some people to add that would be professional mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of foot that bill. Cause you got to be, you can't be too, you got to be a little, you can't be too off center because yeah. you're working with like these athletes. So yeah. they got to find a mix. So I met with Greg there and he brought me in and. Uh, right off the bat, he was like, obviously, I see what you do is not mm-hmm. regular, you know, massage therapy. He's like, but, he goes, I like all your skills, but we have to be really careful yeah. because we have these athletes, so I only want you to work on their lower body. Yeah. I'm like, what? So, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm walking out of there, I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, the lower body, what yeah. is this all? What if the quarterback, what if, so... I, I just kind of suck it up. I'm like, what a great opportunity. And it was, it was going to pay very nicely. So I said, all right, I'm just going to do yeah. it. So I, uh, went in there and just started basically they you know, gave me a table and there was a couple other therapists there too, mm-hmm. which pretty quickly, um, I, there was a big distinction of what we did. Yeah. And after a couple of weeks, I think he figured out like, okay, it's okay to have Matt work on everything but yeah. their lower body. But it was, they were evolving. They didn't know. Yeah. You know, they were like, we know we need some service, but we don't know. And again, it just kind of slowly started evolving. And yeah. uh, then I was in the training room, you know, working with the guys, doing yeah. really what I did mm-hmm. uh, movement stuff, mobility stuff, soft tissue. And yeah, it just slowly kind of expanded from there as yeah. far as, you know, needs and wants and. How long have you been with them now? This will be um, going into fifth season. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, and it's been great. I mean, lots of open doors, great experiences, lots of learning experiences, yeah. great friendships with uh, staff and players alike. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Do they know that you don't know anything about football? Yes, I think they like that. Yeah. So you could talk to them like regular people. Totally. When the NHL draft was going on, or the, and not the draft, the NHL lockout, yeah. a while back ago, seven or eight years ago, um, a couple of the players, I saw, I was like, these guys must be hockey players. They're in the gym working mm-hmm. out. So I just went over, introduced myself, threw some like new foam rollers at them that I had, yeah. and they were like, oh, yeah, man. And we started talking, and I started doing some treatment with them off, you know, while they were waiting to go back to uh, the lockout. Yeah. And they were... T- like going off about the NHL draft and stuff. A couple of these guys, often they looked at me and like, you have no fucking idea what we're talking about. <laughs> and I was like, totally not. Yeah. And, and now it's, I think, you know, it's funny because I get quizzed about sports and football yeah. from everybody. Cause like, tell me about this guy. I said, listen, I can pretty much, I know what injury they have, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And it's almost better that way, man. Cause when you start watching these guys, even with lacrosse guys, when you, you have that connection with them. Yeah. You start to meet their families. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spend time in these athletes' homes yeah. with them, and it's like, wow. When you see injuries, when you see stuff going on as far as, like, the business of the game, yeah. you have to be – it can take a little out of you. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. So, But it's all it's all good. It's all, you know, good learning. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So now you've been with the Bills for a couple of years. You just plan on staying with them until you can? Yeah. I mean, the Bills, the Bandits have opened up other opportunities. You know, we – they had some, when the Pagulas bought all the teams, they had had, you know, of course, any business, lots of mm-hmm. little wrinkles in it, but 
couple neat things they did were bring some sports performance medical staff from overseas. Yeah. And some of those guys and girls, sports scientists and physios, I've had a good relationship with them. And now they're kind of working with all the teams instead mm-hmm. of having it separate, which can cause its own challenges. But it's also pretty cool because now you can start sharing information. So yeah. I've been able to work kind of closely with a couple of, uh, call them the Euros, mm-hmm. the Euro guys. And their model of care is very integrative. Yeah, it's all absolutely. like, man, let's learn, let's do it. So that's There's been so a cool right opportunity because I'm kind of working in this little, like I said, this little team uh, with some of these guys. And they will get some athletes to me that maybe wouldn't have in the past and just kind of let me do my let me do my thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is really nice. And that's at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's the good shit, as yeah. you say. What are some of the downsides working with the team? Because I've heard some terrible, terrible things. Well, I think you have to take it all in stride. I mean, honest, you can. It's easy to be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. I think just because of the nature of professional sports. Yeah. Um, sometimes by I think the organization, I think by the players. But that can come down to the practitioner. Yeah. You have to set boundaries. If you don't set boundaries, uh, you can get it can get a little ugly. Yeah. That's been a lesson, you know, kind of lived and learned with me in, in changing. Um, I think like any other big corporate setting, you have to sometimes you run into egos. It can mm-hmm. be a problem. Um, I don't think that's any different than any other team. Yeah. So I think you have to know your role. You got to go in there every day and, and give 100% because there's also always 100 people yeah, who want looking to, to replace yeah. you. And um, that's also a big factor. So yeah. that's why I never, I really want to do uh, strength and conditioning. Yeah. I did an internship with a strength and conditioning facility that works with professional teams. Yep. They've worked with UB, with Buffalo Bills and whatnot. And they're just like, at the end of the day, you're so expendable. Yep. If somebody doesn't like you, you're gone. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I know that happened recently with UB's strength coach. Well, mm. it was uh, Paul Childress back in the 2000s. Um, and just like that, they're just like, I mean, I, I don't know what the story is there, but I know right after him, yeah, uh, this younger guy, Zach, came in. He's gone now, but he replaced Paul, and he brought his family with him. Like, he brought his brother, I think, as a trainer. And mm-hmm. The team started to slowly decline, mm-hmm. and now they have somebody new, and they're doing really well. So, Yeah, I mean, I think that's another reason I try not to get too connected mm-hmm. to the game and to the player because of those reasons, you know. I try to really just, I'm just there for the care. Yeah. And I try to step away, walk away. I, it's just better because yeah. you can get sucked into tons of drama, you know, I'm sure at any other job. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's a nice piece because I have lots of other um, things that I do. Yeah. You know, I have a family, I have my private practice, I have work. Uh, you know, with the teams, mm-hmm. and then I'm I'm going to actually be starting a podcast soon, Ooh. as well as a cool YouTube channel. Yeah, what's uh, that going to be about? Um, holistic health. Yeah, you know, like everything from you know sleep, nutrition, movement, mm-hmm. just to get some ideas out there. Honestly, it started because I had so many clients and patients I'd work with, and yeah. I'd be like, "Okay, I want you to do this. I'm going to send you this video." Yeah, and I'd I do go that on all YouTube, the time. and I'm like looking up stuff, and then finally, after like five years, because I'm an idiot, yeah. um, I'm like, "Why don't I just make a YouTube channel?" Yeah, and that way I can have the people come and be like, "Okay, remember that video I posted about like why you buy yeah. organic coffee? Guess what? 
It's on my channel. Yeah. So, you know, it took me. I'm, I'm a dude and I'm yeah. thick skulled. So finally Your social after, media presence sucks. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I haven't taken a little break. Though. I fucking hate social media. I, I, I hate that it's come down to us that the only way we're going to get people in. It's, it's, it's is horrible. Media. All my stuff is always positive on social mm-hmm. media. And it's always been, but man, it's like on Facebook, I don't even want to respond to somebody. I, I, I don't have one. It's I like, know that's it's free advertising, but yep. I don't I don't care. Yeah, I actually deleted my Facebook app like three months ago. Feels good. And just took a break. Mm-hmm. I think Instagram's a little bit less noxious. Um, yeah. You don't get involved in the, you know, all of the, that social media, like, just quick, like, response and... Here it is, and you're yeah. getting pings that people are having conversations with you. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I'll get back. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on the on the IG and the Instagram. Yeah. Always positive, always cool shit, funny yeah. stuff. Um, you know, inappropriate stuff about you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Your chakras, your root chakra. Yeah, root chakra. I'm not reimbursing you for that wax, by the way. I actually, I was hoping you could reuse it. You could, we could, we could. And I'm not validating it. parking. I'm bit. Oh, that's right. I'm, listen, I'm pretty much a hippie, man. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm like a modern day hippie. Yeah. For those that don't know, Matt walked here uh, from miles away, floated here. I did. I floated here. <laughs> and uh, my Prius was actually too, it just took up too much gas. Yeah. I didn't even want to drive my Prius here. I told uh, Gina before you got here that you're a, uh, oh, fuck, what's that called? When you could deliver babies. <laughs> oh, a uh, doula. A doula. Yeah, I'll she's del- like seriously, and I was like, I don't know, he might be. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it's fine. I'll deliver. <laughs> I'll deliver babies. I mean, I'll eat steaks. I'll yeah. trim your dog's nails. <laughs> I'll do it all. We'll have a session. You know, we'll have a past life regression yeah. session in the back room. Matt Meyer, LMT, dog yeah. trainer, dog doula, trainer, doula. I'd like to be a doula. I was. I delivered midwife. My do- I I was allowed to deliver my do- my second daughter. I remember you were telling me. Cool. Pulled and it right wasn't, out. It wasn't at home in a pool. No. That's awful. I don't know how people do that. It's, yeah. I mean, I guess I probably could have, but my wife's <laughs> way more in charge than I am. Mm-hmm. So she was like, uh-uh. Yeah. I don't think so. It's so, in a hospital, please. Yeah. It was cool. It was yeah. Cool. That's gotta, fucking revolting. You got to be a dad. <laughs> not, no, no, I'm not. No, you have to. I, I will be. At some point, it's amazing. I will be, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I'm sure. I, I, I have the worst baby fever. I tell her all the time. Every time we go out somewhere, we see kids. You start just, with the dog, and then you yeah. work your way up. Yeah. She, she puked a fucking ton yesterday. Gina was like, you got to get used to it. She's like, it's going to be every day. Yeah. Dog just threw up. She got excited. She ate. Puke shit. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for that. Bodily fluids. But, um, so last question. Yes. I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Kind of went over it, but what gets you up in the morning? Other Professionally, I mean... From a family standpoint, yeah. you know, just being a dad and like being a husband and just like um, every day is just a good day, man. I'm like thinking about what I get to do every day. It's like I get to help people. I get to be a dad. Like I, you know, get to drink expensive coffee. Yeah. And, uh, you know, put on my Lululemon, <laughs> put on my Lululemon underwear and go that's to work true. in pajamas pretty much. Yeah. Um, that's really it. I lo- the day to day is a cool thing. Yeah. It's like Monday's going to be a little different than Tuesday. Yeah. And just the older I get, the more I'm, you know, you have to enjoy what you do. Mm-hmm. It's really, I think, you know, as humans, I see it and I see the mindset of the, you know, clients that come and see me with, you know, $150,000 cars mm-hmm. and they're just fucking miserable. Yeah. And they have pain and they have this and 
the more and more I'm around it. I mean, I'm around very, very rich people. Yeah. I have a lot of very wealthy clients. I work with, you know, athletes and I'm just like, man, you know what? I'm like, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with like my little house and, you know, like yeah. this kind Living of below. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, and it gives me great perspective and mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for like, man, just like life. Yeah. Being cool as fuck. That's awesome. Um, somebody wants to graduate. Somebody wants to go to massage school. What do you tell them? 2019. I just had this conversation, I think. Um, and I said, uh, no matter what you're going to do, just make sure it's the right path mm-hmm. and make sure that you're doing it for the right reason. Yeah. Um, I think in college in general, like when you get out of high school, just like going to school for something, mm-hmm. I really think I'd rather see people go out and, and, and work. And I think, you know, work in something, figure out what you're going to do. You learn in school. I used to have to, I told my students at the college this, I said, this is really just like kindergarten. You're getting out of school and mm-hmm. you're going to have your degree. You're going to have your license, hopefully, but the learning just starts. Yeah. This is giving you the bare minimum amount. And I learned that because I was like going to these workshops and conferences. Yeah. And after a couple of days, I was like, whoa, I feel like I learned more than I did in those two years. So find a mentor, find some people that like you can align yourself with and network the hell out of yourself mm-hmm. and, uh, just you got to like live your passion man that's so important uh five books oh boy i knew you're gonna ask yeah five books you could i mean make it 10 i don't care but five books five books all right um and why five essential books and why all right well let's go we'll go with like this one definitely changed my 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 path was uh paul checks how to eat move and be healthy Mm mm-hmm um, one book, everything from movement to nutrition to sleep is in there. I think it's a, it's a good Bible. I actually, uh, use that book. I give all my new clients a copy of that. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I got out of that habit. They republished it, but that's one I would like just hand out to every person yeah. if they were going to like long-term work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, man, I'm trying to think there's so many books, so many books. How about more? Of authors. That's fine. Authors, because I could get specific. Yeah. Um, I love Mark Versagan's stuff from mm-hmm. Exos, uh, you know, in Arizona, Core Performance First. That was also one of the first books that I got with athletes. And I was like, I need a, I need a plan that I can start moving through. And I love yeah. the Exos model. Yeah. I think the athlete, you know, the Core Performance model, uh, athlete's performance model is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Boyle. Yeah, you're a big Mike um, Boyle fan. Yeah, I think Mike Boyle is great. And I, here's the thing, too, what I'm able to do. Again, it's like when I say Paul Check to a lot of people, mm-hmm. people that know, they're like, whoa. They're either like, oh, they're like, yeah, Paul is mm-hmm. like amazing. Or they're like, all right, he's like the opposite of science based. Yeah. You know, I've seen him like use like a, use like a crystal and a carrot to like try to like heal somebody. Yeah. And I'm not even saying I buy into all that, but it's, yeah. it's like I take pieces I need. Yeah. Um, even though he doesn't have a book, he was another mentor of mine that mm-hmm. I worked with for many years is Steve Maxwell. Okay. If you guys are not, uh, if you don't know who Steve Maxwell is, look him up. He's an amazing dude. He has traveled the world, still travels. Um, he's one of the first guys in the United States to bring the Russian or the kettlebell system of training to mm-hmm. a gym. Also, uh, jujitsu 
you know, black belt under the Gracies. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing guy. I've had the opportunity to do probably about almost like half a dozen workshops yeah. uh, and be certified under uh, Steve Maxwell. He's so, the, um, all of his videos are just him doing like real heavy kettlebell stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. He's uh, good friends with Pavel Tutelin. Um, I don't know about good friends. Yeah. We can get into the, we can get into the, the, the whole kettlebell world yeah, as, yeah. you know, uh, the, we could do a whole podcast on the kettlebell. We'll uh-huh. put that because I've had a, quite a journey with those two. So let's see, Steve Maxwell, I mean, uh, Boyle, Verstegen, Check. um, you know, I think, um, Liebenson. You love Liebenson. I do. Dr. Yeah. Liebenson is He's amazing. Fantastic. Um, I think the cool, I mean, he's another integrative guy mm-hmm. that, understands like movement Mm -hmm. and the n equals one Mm -hmm. get the low-hanging fruit don't overcomplicate it yeah um he's just amazing amazing stuff um one person that i was able to really connect with too that did some work with dr levinson was uh anna hartman she's in she was from exos athletes performance she's in san diego she's got a great uh business called movement rev and she, we got to meet through an athlete. She would fly here to work with uh, one of the football players. Mm-hmm. And we started doing some work together and we kind of became, you know, friends and colleagues. And uh, her approach to movement, uh, healing is pretty on point mm-hmm. as well. So um, those are some good start points for, yeah. for all four people that are going to yeah. listen to this. I love Levinson because he's one of those people. Uh, like when I start to get that, what do they call it, like paralyzation mm. by overanalyzation, yep. uh, when I'm just like, shit, there's so many of these methods and techniques out there. I'm like, what does Liebenson have to say? Yep. What and does McGill have to say? It's just basics. Just basics. Yonda. Yep. What does he have to say? Make him feel good when yeah. they leave the office. I yeah. think like, that's what I always try to do is this person's leaving mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, did I give them one thing that's going to improve their life? Mm-hmm. And if I can say I did, then you know what? Did your job. I did. A, I think I got a win. Yeah. Then I'm happy. There you go. And then I get paid. <laughs> and then you could buy your ape coffee. Yeah. No. Why? That's tea, man. Tea. Next time I'll bring some. Okay. Next time I'll bring some wise ape tea. Yeah. There. Yeah. There'll be a. Uh, they don't know it yet. They'll be one of my sponsors. Yeah, I have I have zero sponsors right now. So hopefully, I'll sponsor you, man. Thanks. I'll I'll give you a hug. Thanks. Any last words? No, it's great. Thanks Don't for having dick. me on. Don't be a dick. Um, you know, just expand your consciousness. You know, <laughs> that sounded so hippie of me. No, it was perfect. Yeah, keep perfect. learning. Yeah. Keep learning. Go. Yeah, and never, yeah, never admit that you know enough because there's always somebody that knows more. And yeah. instead of you know wanting to fist fight them, just invite them in and learn learn some shit. Thank you, man. All right, thank you.